The information contained on the Real Health Podcast and the resources mentioned are for educational purposes only. They are not intended as and shall not be understood or construed as medical or health advice. The information contained on this podcast is not a substitute for medical or health advice from a professional who is aware of the facts and circumstances of your individual situation. Information provided by hosts and guests on the Real Health Podcast or the use of any products or services mentioned does not create a practitioner-patient relationship between you and any persons affiliated with this podcast. This is the Real Health Podcast brought to you by Reardon Clinic. Our mission is to bring you the latest information and top experts in functional and integrative medicine to help you make informed decisions on your path to real health. Well, welcome everyone. This is Dr. Ron Henning Hockey from the Reardon Clinic, and this is our Real Health Podcast. And it's my pleasure today to have Dr. V, and I am going to take a shot at it. Dr. <laughs> Veronique de Sauvniers. Am I pretty close? Pretty close. Veronique de Sauvniers. So Veronique. Okay. De Sauvniers. <laughs> okay. Well, hunting hockey is my last name, and that's why they call me Dr. Ron, and I, I'm sure that's why you go by Dr. V. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Okay. Well, welcome to our show. Um, yeah, we uh, are very interested in your journey into uh, how to deal with breast cancer naturally. Uh, of course, as our as our listeners know, and as you know, the uh, the cancer epidemic rages on. Uh, I sometimes say this is the silent pandemic that most people aren't as aware of, but it's just as dangerous. And uh, we know there are people who would like to know how they can, uh, number one, prevent uh, breast cancer or any type of cancer for that matter. And number two, uh, specifically, what would you what what do they do when they when they first get diagnosed with breast cancer because that is a total life changing uh, comment that that people are receiving more and more these days and so so I was just that's a kind of a broad introduction but I was just wondering if you would just tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey. Yes, uh, absolutely. So thank you for having me on your show. And I, I really love all the work that uh, the Viordian Clinic does. I mean, it's uh, just fascinating to see the research and how many people you have really helped in, in your vitamin C IV research. Um, so my journey began as a chiropractor. I'd been in practice 23 years. I was the wellness warrior. And, you know, I thought I was doing everything right. And uh, I was in the shower doing a breast exam and bam, you know, felt that lump in my left breast that changed the course of my life professionally and personally, because I had to ask myself, you know, how could somebody like me develop breast cancer? I, I was under chiropractic care. I took supplements, exercise, home births, you know, you name it, I did it. So I really had to ask myself, you know, what are the pieces of the puzzle that I was missing that would allow cancer to show up? Because we know that cancer is a symptom. It's not the cause, right? And so what was going on in my body that would allow cancer to develop? And that's when I, I realized, well, I, I really needed to go back to the roots of what I was teaching my patients and to apply it to myself. And as I was going through my first healing journey, there were moments, just like any other woman, where I was frustrated and confused. And there was you know, a little bit of fear sometimes in the back of my mind. 
Um, but I, I knew that uh, if I created a system that I could follow and check off the boxes, that it would remove a lot of the fear and I would have a track to run on. And that's how I came about developing the seven essential system. It's a basic step-by-step -step guide that if you follow, you never have to fear cancer or any dis-ease for that matter. Yeah, so it's very interesting. Uh, when Dr. Reardon died, uh, I had been with him for about 16 years, and I tried to put together the same sort of thing. Uh, and we, we have the seven precepts of the Reardon approach, and it's fascinating to see how we've kind of lined up. And I think that's happening around the country more and more as people are dealing with the viral pandemic as well as the cancer pandemic. Think people are waking up and saying, my gosh, I need to do something out of my own uh, initiative because uh, the medical profession is pretty much stuck in some old ways of thinking about breast cancer prevention that may not be the best for women. And so I was hoping maybe you would kind of Let's let's start with prevention. What are some of the things that you're suggesting now for the average woman to to do in a preventative mode? Well, we are in the uh, October month of Breast Cancer Awareness Month. However, I've renamed it to Breast Health Awareness Month yes. because I think the focus should be on breast health, not on breast cancer. So we know that um, the pink month really trolls for business for mammography and you know mammography i believe had its place years ago but you know there's so many other technologies now that could support the, the findings that they use and and we know there are many studies an example of one is a 25-year canadian study done on 90,000 women and they found that mammography did not reduce breast cancer mortality rate, not even by 1%. And we know that radiation causes cancer, and there's more and more evidence that radiation compression can actually cause DCIS, breast cancer, to really, you know, start growing. Um, so... What, you know, what are things that you can do? If you choose to get a mammogram, you know, that's a personal choice. I'm not telling you not to get one, um, but back it up with an ultrasound because an ultrasound is going to give you, you know, another picture of what's going on in the breast tissue, um, especially if you have dense breasts, because we know that mammography will miss 48% of the, of the tumors in women that have dense breasts. Uh, another choice for prevention and to be able to find a lump is uh, thermography. We know that thermography reads the infrared heat coming off of the body, so it doesn't diagnose cancer, but it gives us an idea of what's going on physiologically in the breast tissue. So it'll show up as inflammation, it'll show up as red hot, and we know if there's hormone imbalances or vascularity angiogenesis feeding a tumor then you'll be able to see those actual patterns and again if you do thermography back it up with an ultrasound uh, mris are are also you know a, an alternative for some women we've been doing thermography here at the reardon clinic for about eight years now and basically as, as you just said I, I i tell women we can't make a diagnosis but we can certainly tell you when you need to become more alert and possibly use some of the uh, more invasive modalities as a way of uh, trying to hone in on what's actually going on. 
The other thing about thermography is it also tells us that uh, breast cancer is an inflammatory illness. And uh, when, the, when we see a higher amount of heat coming off of a certain area of the breast, that suggests there is some localized inflammation. Again, it's not a diagnosis, but it helps us begin to think about what we can do in terms of reducing the risk of breast cancer because there's so many ways now to begin to lower generalized inflammation within the body uh, by means of diet, supplements, uh, exercise, all kinds of things that you do for your own health is going to help you modulate your inflammatory system in a way that it's not going to be hurting you. So, but we, yeah, we're big thermography uh, practitioners. Excellent. Yes, I was certified in 2005, long time ago, um, but thermography has really improved over, over the years. Um, now, in talking about prevention, one of the uh, recommendations, which I believe is not stressed enough, is for women to do a breast self-exam. Now, women have never been taught properly, and um, there's a tool that uh, we now have available to us. It's called My Breast Friend, and this tool was actually invented by the Mammacare Foundation decades ago. It was designed to teach clinicians uh, how to uh, do a proper clinical exam and to be able to find and detect lumps in bumpy breast tissue. So the manufacturer of this model asked me to take this to the general public. So we made it look pretty and purple and uh, more attractive for women. It comes with an instructional video and a little booklet, but it teaches you, you know, what to look for, how to look for it, you know, by the, the type of palpation that you use and where, because a lot of women will just look at their breast tissue, but in reality, they've got to go up into the collarbone, into the armpit. Yeah. Yes. underneath and on the chest bone. So my breast friend is a great tool uh, that can really help you to detect things because there's 364 days of the year between screenings, right? right? Most women just get screened once a year. And there's literally a kind of cancer called an interval cancer where cancer shows up between that yearly screening. And those tend to be a lot more aggressive and fast growing. So you have the opportunity to, to detect those. There's a lot more to this conversation, and it's coming up right after a quick break. Today's episode of The Real Health Podcast is brought to you by the Reardon Clinic Nutrient Store. The Nutrient Store is your resource for the highest quality nutritional supplements. Every supplement in the store is handpicked by the expert medical staff at Reardon Clinic, providing you with the best quality, purity, consistency, and effective dosing available. Visit store.reardonclinic.org to shop online. So, and of course, I'm sure you're, you're always talking to your patients about what they eat uh, because that is probably, I, I'm just looking, I'm, I'm looking ahead a little bit on your uh, seven essential systems let food be your medicine. That's actually one of our uh, precepts as well, that if people are not thinking about what they're eating and how it's impacting their, their overall health, that the terrain, I'm, um, I'm also currently working with Dr. Nation Winters in a training program talking about the terrain since uh, any type of cancer is a metabolic cancer, but uh, 
Dr. Nasha Winters uh, talks about the breast especially being metabolically sensitive. And so, uh, so what are some of the d dietary factors that you uh, encourage your patients to think about in terms of prevention? I love Dr. Nasha. Actually, I, I um, consulted with her when I was going through my second healing journey, and I love love her approach. Um, so, you know, essential number one is let food be your medicine. And there's no one-size-fits-all diet. We're all individuals. So it's very important to look at your genetic makeup, um, your, you know, your blood type, your digestive system, your metabolic type, to see what works best for you. And as Dr. Nasha says, always test, don't guess, right? Always test right. and assess. Right. And, um, you know, whether you tend to be on the carnivore side or the plant-based side, you know, just make sure that you're testing to see how those diets are working for you. But overall, organic as much as possible, you know, 80% raw, lots of vegetables. Um, I say minimal fruit. And um, if you're going to eat meat, make sure that it's clean, antibiotic, you know, hormone-free, all of that. So, Yes, very good. My, my wife was diagnosed with breast cancer 21 years ago. It was an early stage cancer, and we, did, uh, we probably did uh, minimal types of uh, medical stuff. She did have a lumpectomy. Sentinel node was negative, and so we were able to get away with just radiation and very aggressive IV vitamin C, and then this radical lifestyle change. Uh, but part of what I'm sensing back at that time, it was early in our marriage, there was a tremendous amount of stress. And I think I, I as I've read more and more about breast cancer and dealt with breast cancer patients, it seems like stress is a major contributing factor to the genesis of breast cancer. And so could you talk a little bit about that? Because, you know, everyone's under stress. Uh, what do you consider the types of the stresses that are going to be most likely to trigger uh, cancer type situations? Well, I'm glad that you brought that up because that was pretty much, you know, I had a recurrence nine years later, you know, I had breast cancer twice. And it was a time where I was beginning to be the face of breast cancer conqueror. I was coaching women from sunup to sundown, wasn't sleeping well. My hormones were off. I had issues with my thyroid, cavitation in my mouth. And so I created the perfect storm for breast cancer to show up again. And so one of the things that we talk about in our program, essential number four is to heal the emotional wounds is to always make sure that you bring your body into the relaxation response every single day. Because as you mentioned, we are under stress. Driving down the interstate is stressful. And, you know, having to wake up and, you know, get to work and do things, you know, we're always being bombarded with so many things. If we stay in that sympathetic mode where our foot is on the, you know, pedal to the metal, so to speak, we are creating pathways genetically and chemically that can literally turn on cancer-causing genes right. and, and, and really increase the risk for metastasis and spread. And I've seen that in our clients. Those who you know, really take the time to calm their body and their mind every single day and learn to live that lifestyle, their body responds because you cannot heal if you feel like you're being chased by a saber-toothed tiger. Right. You've got to be in that calm mode. Yeah. So, yes. And exercise, walking, uh, spending time with significant others, slowing down, having 
heart-to-heart uh, -heart conversations, these kinds of things that develop that connectivity in our lives can also help reduce uh, stress quite a bit. So I'm going to hit one other one of, uh, or probably we might even get a couple more in here, but uh, my good friend is Dr. Thomas Levy. And if he's told me once, he's told me a hundred times with breast cancer, have your patient check their mouth, go find a biological dentist or get some kind of a cone beam scan to where you can check for infection or uh, uh, mercury toxicity, uh, root canals. There's a number of different factors that tie into this because the lymphatics from the mouth drain right into the breast. And so I was glad to see that you have that as essential number five. Yes, embrace biological dentistry because what you have in your mouth will affect the rest of your, your body because our teeth are living entities and they're connected to all your organs through your acupuncture meridian That's system. That's right. And so chemically, if you have metal fillings, which are mercury, 50% mercury, mercury is actually what we call a metalloestrogen. It mimics and stimulates mm. estrogen production in the body. And so if you have mercury fillings, those are seeping methylmercury into your body. So very important to get those removed properly by, you know, biological dentists. Right. Um, the root canal is like a dead organ, like a dead gallbladder, dead appendix. No matter how clean you try to make it, it's always a site of infection. So very important to get that cleaned out. I, I mentioned cavitation, not cavity, but cavitation right. is an infection in the bone where you've had an extraction it's never been cleaned out properly and it will literally be a site of bacteria brewing away and eating away at the bone. And that can be a cause. And I've seen it in my situation, number 14 up here, left breast uh, had a, you know, um, cavitation up there, then, you know, other areas down here as well. And we see that in thermography, right? We can see the inflammation in the mouth and how it's affecting the breast. Yeah, the uh, apical abscesses are also a factor that uh, Dr. Levy wrote, the, the hidden epidemic. And so getting that proper type of x-ray, the standard x-rays don't always pick these up and getting the right kind of dentist who's on in line with your thinking and really willing to take a close look at this because I think this is a, a major factor. And so, the, and so just this idea of early detection, you, you mentioned that as number seven. And so tell me about your, you know, in a sense, this is kind of a cornerstone of how to deal and how to prevent breast cancer. But how does that, how did that play out in your, in your life? Well, um, part of that uh, embracing early detection has also to do with some blood work that we can look at. Uh, you know, we talked about screening, physical screening, the, you know, self-breast exam, um, but blood work. So if you look for inflammatory markers, for example, uh, C-reactive protein, LDH, ESR, homocysteine, if those are high, then chances are you're producing a lot of inflammation and that you may be producing some cancer cells. Um, looking at the standard cancer markers, of course, if you're interested in that. Looking at your vitamin D levels, vitamin D levels Bingo. are so important um, to be within that optimal range between 80 and 100 and G's per ml. And that's 
shown us that you can reduce your breast cancer risk by almost 80% right. just by keeping your breath, your vitamin D levels up. And, you know, vitamin D is a, it's, it's not really a vitamin, it's a steroid hormone and it literally affects, you know, over 200 genes in your body. So very, very key. We could probably go on talking for a couple hours on this topic, and I'm, I'm uh, very excited about your book. Could you tell the audience about your book? Yes. Heal Breast Cancer Naturally. You can find it on Amazon. It's the seven essential steps to beating breast cancer. Um, it's the second edition, and it's um, basically about my second healing journey and all the things that I learned in my second healing journey and all the things that I applied, you know, each of the steps and some in-depth research, everything is, um, there's over 700 research references in the book. Um, so this is evidence-based natural medicine. It's not just uh, somebody's opinion. Yeah, uh, Dr. Reardon's famous word that I think applies to you very well is the idea that as a doctor and our patients, we are all co-learners. And co-learning is a very empowering way to avoid any kind of disease, but especially cancer, because I think most people have this fear, but I think we need to replace fear with knowledge and with proaction. You know, be be proactive in your in your efforts. And so I would like to thank you for your efforts and your uh, your willingness to reach out to so many women out there who are who are quite frightened about this whole circumstance because it, the breast cancer epidemic is is it's not slowing down. It's not. It's not. And when women hear the word breast cancer, what's the first thing they think of? Right. Bald head, sick, laying in bed. And it doesn't have to be that way. I mean, our clients around the world are proof of that, as are your patients, that, you know, cancer does not have to be a, a scary word if you understand what it is, what it's not, and how you can personally have a large impact on the improvement of your health. Dr. V, thank you so much for being on our podcast. What a wonderful opportunity to talk with you. And hopefully we can touch bases again sometime. But because I really think uh, this is a very important talk, topic for so many women. So thank, thank you for all the work that you've done. Thank you for sharing my message of hope with your audience, Dr. Ron. Thanks. Bye now. Thank you for listening to The Real Health Podcast. If you enjoy this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. You can also find all of the episodes and show notes over at realhealthpodcast.org. Also, be sure to visit reardonclinic.org where you will find hundreds of videos and articles to help you create your own version of real health.